Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I'd like to welcome everyone, all listeners, the millions and the billions out there, to another episode of the Blunt Experience. Sorry, I'm just a bit hyped up this morning. <laughs> actually, actually, really hyped up. It's about what. I usually do this these uh, recordings like like 3 a.m. in the morning when it's all quiet and stuff. Really great, really great. You know, gets it's uh, quite the booster for the day. Uh, before I say anything, I just want to thank. I actually do want to thank you know um, listeners out there. You know, you know everyone who listens to this this uh, podcast, who listens to my voice, especially. Uh, want to thank them for you know just you know take, taking taking time out actually it's re- it's really it's really uh, it means really means a lot you know taking time out to listen to to the podcast um, thank you so much to those who have given me some feedback and pointers and what have you you know it's 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 a pleasure it's really wonderful it's I'll be honest with you it is actually a privilege being able to do this every week. I know there was a time I actually took a break. I'm back. I can tell you, if you, you tell everyone for a fact that I'm back, you know, touch wood. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's really, it's really lovely. Let me just jump into my first thing I want to talk about today. If you listened to the last episode, you will, you would remember that I said i may not watch <laughs> that i may not watch the crown season four mm. so i hold on hold on before before anyone attacks me and says hey how could you no hold on a sec so i i gave reasons why i i wouldn't watch it why i wouldn't watch it but um a friend of mine said you know hey you know, just give it a shot, give it a shot. So on the week, over the weekend, I decided to binge it, and wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Should I add another wow? Okay, let's let's do it. Wow, like wow. Okay, I think that's enough wows. Wows uh, that might describe the way I feel. I haven't seen. All I've seen all the episodes except the last one, and I'm not sure I can stomach the last one because I mean I grew up, I well I'm more like an Aces baby. Gosh, I'm, I'm actually I've almost re- revealed my age there, but um, I'm I'm always I'm pretty much an Aces baby who grew up in nineties, and so I was alive and unconscious well lady D, before lady d died and uh man i'll be honest with you that her death well it wasn't i wouldn't say it was so it, it still brings back some you know yeah <laughs> but you know to watch her her portrayal and you know netflix's version of the story I was. I, I just thought, okay, it, it was kind. Of, it, it it wasn't easy to stomach. But yeah, I, I'm not sure I can watch that last episode. 
because it's not like it left me with uh, anger or rage because to be honest with you at the end of the day I, I think uh, it will be wise for anyone who's watching it to not take it as gospel because at the end of the day it's just it's Netflix's version of what happened you know what they feel will entertain people that's the way I see it no one will really know the truth of what went down between uh, Charles and uh, Lady D I'm trying not to call her Princess Diana because the truth is to us she'll always be the princess of our hearts man she really she, the royal family will never understand the good she did them let me just put it that way <laughs> you know they did them she did them a lot of good while she was with them and it's that and I don't know if they appreciated her that much though to be honest with you I don't think they did especially with the fact with you know the whole divorce and stuff but anyway that's um that's by the way like i said no one is gonna know no one will really know uh the truth about what happened and all you know there's her story side is you know charles's side and now there's netflix's side <laughs> you know and when it comes to for me when it comes to uh, marriages and uh family i think things are best left private so i was a bit taken aback with netflix with netflix wanting to you know do the do it and apparently i'm hearing there's going to be a five and six which is kind of be going to be more based on you know the whole charles Lady D relationship. Oh my god. <laughs> Four was hard to stomach. I can't imagine what five would be like, man. It's torture. But um things that I would say would most likely be the fallouts from it. I mean I, I remember I spoke about the fact that Harry and Megan they had Megan they have a deal with Netflix, which pretty much in a way assures their financial their financial independence because they've stepped away from the uh, from being senior royals so uh yeah I, they're going to be one heck of a dilemma because man you know if you're in harry's shoes you're going to be thinking wow they're talking about my mom and my dad i wouldn't i wouldn't want anyone dramatizing a failed marriage between my parents absolutely not uh, I wonder if he, he could do the Dave Chappelle and ask them to take it down. I don't know if they if Netflix will agree to that. But they might want something more in return, but uh, but I don't know. Anyway, but I'll be honest with you. I think it, when you watch it, you realize that man, the Netflix really took a huge swing. Maybe not intentionally, but a huge swing at the royal family, and she's my word that was one heck of a swing and and i think the biggest uh i won't say victim or should i say culprit would i would i say victim or culprit but i think the biggest person that really took the uh beating was actually prince charles and geez it, it's one th- it was i remember when he got married to when he got married to um, camilla Parker Balls, I don't know what she's called now, uh, but when she, when Charles got married to, to sorry, Prince Charles, right, I have to, I have to observe titles, uh, got married to Camilla, 
I was just like, okay. I mean, then I was young. I was young, so I mean, now if it happened now, I'll just be like, not my business to be honest. To be honest with you, uh, but when that happened, I I was like, wow, okay, right, interesting. Uh, and I remember being being in in England when it happened. You know, there were there were a lot of people that just thought, "What the hell? How dare they?" You know. So after that marriage, I think they, they as a couple, they really took a huge step back. They just like stay away from the limelight, let things you know with time die down. And I think the world was starting to, I think the world was just distracted with the whole COVID-19 and stuff to the point that I think people for, forgot that, hey, these two are a couple. I think the well, only time people remember that might have been during Harry and Meghan's, Harry and Meghan's marriage and stuff. Uh, and so during their wedding, when they saw Camilla and I was, they were like, oh, okay, well, she's alive, <laughs> you know. Uh, but now with the crown hmm <laughs> it sort of reminded people of what Charles, Prince Charles might have not wanted people to remember and now they are going to their, their image is going to take a serious huge beating like man I'm not sure if they were in America they would be the couple they would be the couple um, yeah, you won't want to invite for Thanksgiving in England, they they would be the couple. I mean, but I think Bonfire Nights has has passed by now. But literally, they're going to be a couple. You no one's going to want to invite. Well, except the royals would want to invite for Christmas dinner. And it's it's. I mean, in a way, I here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not gonna say I feel sorry for any, anyone. To be honest with you, like I said, I, I don't know what happened, and it's not really not what happened. Whatever happened, it's not not my business. But um, there are you know quite some things I got out of season watching season four that I, I actually want to talk about. Uh, and throughout this conversation, I want to take the what I the whole dramatization of what happened between child with of um, the royal family like I want to take it as uh, a work of fiction you know I, I want to I don't want to believe like right, right from season one I've not I, I haven't taken the crown serious in terms of oh trying to get oh seeing it as facts no I've, I've seen it more like f- fiction than the actual gospel I mean it's TV things stories will get obscure uh, would get um obscured or you know molded in a way to entertain people so i'm taking it that as i'm taking it as that fiction um so looking at you know the, the um looking at season four as fiction a few things i i just wanted to say the character i'm going to refer to prince charles's character as character of prince charles now the character of Prince Charles, uh, and character of Prince, and the character of Lady Diana. If Prince, <clears throat> if Prince Charles was a friend of mine, I would whack him really hard to, to the back of the head. Well, not not knock him out, but Jesus, man, he really, really, really treated 
her in a bad way like damn like i said i'm using them as fictional characters i'm not talking about them in real life i don't know what happened in marriage and it's not my business i'll keep repeating that it's no one no one's business to be honest but yeah he really treats the character really treats her bad and man like lady d was this sort of, in in the series was this sort of person that almost every guy would would have wanted you know this young yeah okay maybe not the shy parts but you know this young sort of fragile lady who uh one who who just wants the attention of her husband you know and wants his love and affection and stuff i, I think i think it's a normal thing for any lady to ask or, or to want but the only issue is um he really didn't have anything to give and he wanted something from her he wanted i don't know maybe maturity and you know for her to understand him and you know take and be subdued or i don't even i I can't really understand what he wanted from her but um she didn't have that to give and it was a case of two people not being able to give the other person something what they wanted because they didn't have it you know it's like um two cups hoping the other cup will fill two empty cups hoping the other cup will fill them but you know really truly <laughs> there's nothing in in them to give in terms of no there's nothing the other person wants to give and it's it, it was it that would just caused a lot of frustration and a lot of friction a lot of misunderstanding uh between them I just thought, wow, you know, and I, I mean, wow, <laughs> it was, yeah, I just thought, wow, it's, it's, it, it was crazy. There's certain scenes where I just thought, uh, you know, I always, as a guy, I always put guys, um, I really, I usually hold guys responsible for the success and failures of marriages maybe it's unfair but i usually hold my fellow men responsible for that and like i said based on the fictional portrayal i'm I'm, you know i'm basing this on i'm looking at you know the series not as what happened not the gospel of what happened in real life no i'm looking at the fic the series the fiction presented to me uh I, I don't think he did what was necessary. It takes two to tango, to be honest with you. But I think when she made the effort, I think he should have reciprocated and really made the effort with her. But then when you have when you allow allow side side attractions or side distractions like your ego and your need for attention and what have you to get in the way, and then then you have. A mistress on the outside yeah doesn't help doesn't help at all in in the series i i think it also took a huge bashing at the royal at the other members of the royal family in terms of their um what they did in in the marriage i felt the queen even as much as much as she doesn't like interfering in uh, the, the affairs of her children i think sometimes as a parent 
you do need to put your foot down and say, look, you guys need to sort this shit out, you know, and I felt, uh, like I said, I'm looking at the fictional portrayal, I'm not looking at the queen as a person in real life, I'm looking at what's Netflix, I'm analyzing what Netflix put in front of me, I'm not talking about what the Queen, Her Majesty is like in real life, I don't know what Her Majesty is like in real life, you know, uh, I feel she too didn't have anything to give Diana, uh, I don't think she, I don't think she was willing to give, like, I'm looking to, you know, based on what, what I saw, I don't think she was willing to give, I think they, they really portrayed her as this sort of person who just seemed to be aloof, seemed to be not so uh, conscious about, you know, deeply conscious about things going on around, and uh, just seemed to, you know, be um, ignorant to, you know, what was going on with other people, and I just thought, wow, okay, you know, it was almost like she didn't really have any love or affection to give to give anyone, and just expected them to get on with their lives on their on their own and stuff. You know, and you know, the, and the way I always noticed the way um, Princess Anne would look to, would look at her, like you know, anytime she made some sort of comment, you know, she'd get her this look like, you know, are you sure that you need, I didn't want your affection or something, and you know. It, it, she also had that issue with Princess Anne because Princess Anne always came across as this, I'm talking about you know her, her portrayal the character she portrayed it came across someone who just wanted more from her mom but didn't get that same thing if you watch the if you watch season three it looked like you know she wanted uh, even Prince Charles wanted something you know that sort of affection from the mom. But didn't really get that, and I just thought, Shh. okay, what is going on? <laughs> it's, I, I, I think the whole royal, inst- and this is now me talking about it in, in real life, because I remember reading a biography, I think, I don't know if it was an autobiography, or, or rather it was more like a biography of Prince Charles, and I remember re- reading it years back when I was really young, and I just thought, wow, it's not all that glamorous being, it's glamorous being a royal, but in real life, in their personal lives, it's not what we all think, there's a lot of sacrifices, really, some really, some, I would say, I mean no offense to them when I say this honestly I have a lot of respect for the institution uh, but a lot of sacrifices I'm not going to use the word messed up but a lot of sacrifices that ordinary people like myself may not be willing to make in terms of um, you know being normal you know being as normal as possible and I think I, and I think that's what Lady D was she was normal and they just looked at her like what the hell <laughs> i'm good like i said i'm going by you know what's you know what was what was shown in, in the series and i just thought wow crazy but but yeah man it's uh, it's a shame what happened happened there's nothing reversing it but um 
all, all we can just keep hoping is that you know some sort of change comes in terms of uh, with William, Harry, the new generation. I know Harry has had to make a huge sacrifice by le- by uh, taking a step away and ensuring that Meghan and his and his uh, his child his uh, son Archie and his children come have a normal life huge respect to him like that is not a lot of people would have the uh, cojones I would use that word <laughs> the cojones to actually do that and I just thought wow when he did it I just I'm using a lot of wows <laughs> but um yeah I, I, I actually had a lot of respect for him doing that it, it takes a lot you know to actually takes a man to, a real man to do that sort of thing things to learn from season four first and foremost please if you are getting into a marriage understand what you're getting yourself into understand who you're getting married to understand what their family is like please understand you know what what this the reality of what you're getting yourself into before you do that because should you just jump into it or make that decision based on 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 some sort of infatuation or fantasy then you're pretty much gonna have another Charles Diana. I'm going to use that as a euphemism. Okay, that's not fair. It's not. That's not fair. My apologies for that. I shouldn't use that as a euphemism. My apologies for that. But you're just gonna end up having a really bad marriage. Um, second thing, if your marriage is sort of getting on the rocks or on the rocks or something. Divorce should never be an option. Look, at the end of the day, trust me, divorce is a door that once you want, or rather a can that once you open it, you can't close it. Divorce is a door that once you open, you can't shut it. It's, 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 you're not going to like what, what's on the other end of the door. Trust me. It's like that rabid, infected dog that is just going to eat you up that beast that's going to eat you up and even when you get a second chance it's still never it's it still it still leaves quite deep cut you're not going to be the same person again so you don't want to you don't want to go there instead you are better off sitting down with your spouse and sorting it out like two of you sit lock yourselves in a room and sort it out sounds easier said than done but trust me when two people decide look we want to make this thing work we're gonna have to make compromises we're, we're, we're gonna have to give things we're gonna have to put in the effort give things time you know focus on this man trust me there's, there's nothing the two of you can't accomplish and I'm not saying it because it sounds sweet and saying it sounds it sounds nice trust me it, it's 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 the fact I've asked I have a lot of friends who are married and I've, you know, been privy to some of some of the issues in, in their marriages and stuff. I don't give advice to, to any of them. Well, I do. And usually my advice, 80% of the time, if not 100% of the time, is usually, okay, sit with your spouse and sort it out. <laughs> Which brings me to the third thing. Please do not get outside parties involved. It's between the both of you. Your marriage is between the both of you. I will say it again. It's between the both of you. Do not get outside parties involved. You don't don't start taking 
airing your dirty laundry or what's going on in your marriage to outsiders sometimes it's even better you don't even do that with your family members with with your family members you know because people are going to take sides you're barely going you're rarely going to find that family member who's going to stick stay in the middle and actually do what's right you know you're actually you're you're barely going to find that member of the family who's going to take sides against you and even though he or she does there's that fear or that chance that you would end up alienating them or getting angry with them like in the series where Anne tells Charles the truth that look you're living in fantasy fantasy there's no such thing as a perfect marriage but with time things he gets upset even when the parents say you know what you guys need to sort, sort this thing out make compromises blah 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 he wants to, he still wants a divorce divorce he gets upset with it you know so that's the truth don't get anyone outside it's between both of you sort it out if not for your sakes but at least for the sake of your children especially when you oh my god especially when you have children like oh jesus christ when when i when i man this is going to a rant <laughs> because i really when it comes to, to marriages i am very i'm i'm a, i'm very very i'm a totally different person when it comes to a marriage lord help my wife when when i get married <laughs> because oh we're gonna have a, we're gonna have conversations <laughs> then we, either we're gonna have conversations or i'm just gonna be i'm gonna be quiet and just really put my foot down on a lot of things seriously that divorce thing hell no Anyway, but like I was saying, you know, so where was I? Yes, outside interference. No, that's that's an absolute, that's an absolute no, no. You you just don't you just don't do that, you know. And man, you just need, especially when you have kids, you know, kids, divorces, breakups, separations, they affect the kids, whether you like it or not. As much as you you will try to. Um, be as normal as possible and try to protect them. Truth is, when they're not seeing mommy and daddy together, it, it's 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 a totally different thing. Lord help you, Lord help that child. They end up seeing another a new woman in the house or a new man in the house. They're gonna be confused, like, huh? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> you know, questions are going to be asked, and that's just gonna mess it up. So, so just don't, man. So sometimes it's be- you're better off not having delaying on having kids until you both of you are sure that this marriage is rock solid. When I say rock solid, I mean as solid as the rock of Gibraltar. Let me put it that way, <laughs> as eternal as the rock of Gibraltar. That rock has stood for years, man. You know, man, you need to make sure it's solid before you do that, which. You know, it takes a lot of work, honestly. And another thing, you know, I I learned, or I, is to is to be learned from from um, in fact, in real life, really, not even just from series and stuff. Is that man? You you when when someone gets married. So an ex-lover gets married you're just better off not you know you need to just respect the fact that they're married you know I, I say this with a lot of um, 
honest uh, should i say brutal honesty and stuff you just need to respect the fact they're married and you need to move on with yours especially if you were married and you have you have someone that you wanted to get married to just just move on man seriously you know it's it's it gets messy when you start you know when you keep feelings you feelings you know for someone who's who's outside your home you know outside your your vows it's it just gets really messy to be honest if you know okay you're really into this person then don't go marrying someone else for i i don't know just don't then you know a lot of people you get married for the right reasons a lot of people get married for the wrong reasons and just man (laughs) you know it, it all gets messed up but yeah, but that's I think that's enough on the on the royals to be honest. Um, why why is another thing I wanted to talk about season four was the depiction or rather the portrayal of Margaret Margaret Thatcher. Ah, <laughs> I will keep laughing at it because Margaret. I grew okay. Here's the truth. I grew up adoring Margaret Thatcher because she was the first female prime minister. I always grew up thinking. Or rather, hope you know, knowing and saying to myself, look, w- women really need to be given a chance. Um, and she became the first female prime minister, and I and I just thought, what the? When I grew, when I started reading about her, like if you are a um, history buff like myself, you would understand why I ended up hating her when I got to read about the, the sort of vile things she did. She turned out to be, she turned she turned out to be like every other politician, just still more stone-headed than others. And I just thought, wow, wow, this is one of the one of the things I hated about her was the fact that she went, she decided to be neutral, if not, you know, discreetly support apartheid in South Africa. To me, that was a no-no. Absolute no-no. There are a lot of conspiracies I can give for for her neutrality on apartheid, or rather her support for apartheid, because as far as concerned, she was complicit in the whole thing. But that was that was a no-no, and to in order to just keep the segments short, because I've really gone over my over my time limits. One, you know, it watching her portrayal just really reminded me of the reason why I don't like politicians. I think 8% of the politicians, more than 80% of the politicians in the world are bad for us. It's, um, these guys, are, most of them are deal makers who are ready to make a deal just to further their own personal agenda or the agenda of their paymasters and they are ready to put aside the agenda or rather do this to the detriment of you know other people or their own people or even the planets as as a whole you know i can give some examples and sadly i'm i'm, I'm sure for time and stuff but do identity, I do want to recognize the fact that there are actually a few exceptions to, to this rather sickening rule. 
Another thing I would also say is, and still on the politician part, is the fact that, and this is going to, and I'm going to end this segment on this note. I feel politicians, most politicians in the UK, and almost, in fact, almost, with maybe the exception of Winston Churchill, though the jury is still out on him and the jury is still out on Boris Johnson, but every UK prime minister since since uh, the beginning of the reign of Her Majesty the Queen has failed her badly. How on earth do you, do you start your reign? Or how on earth are you born into an empire that spans more than half of the world? And by, I don't know, what year of your reign? <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a mere fraction of what it used to be. If, if she were like, I don't know, maybe the queen of spades or something, she'd most likely just be like, you know, off with your head, straight up, like, and trust me, there are a lot of people in the British public that will attend that execution, you know, just, you know, import the, the guillotine or have someone, okay, I should be careful about my words, so it doesn't, so no one accuses me of sparking some sort of rebellion or calling for fires and pitchforks. But the truth is, man, they, they these politicians have really ruined ruined the empire. And when you and some, if you say maybe I'm being um, unfair about about what I'm saying, but the truth, but hey, you know, sit down and really read the history. When you understand the true definition of what it means to colonize a land, you would realize that what, what actually happened was not colony it was not colonization it wasn't at all instead what it was was absolute exploitation of of people from other parts of the world and that was why the empire the empire people started calling for the independence and the empire was is being has been reduced to what it is today man don't get me started on this, but yeah, <laughs> but it just reminded, you know, watching scene four just made, reminded me that, look, these people have really failed Her Majesty badly. As much as Her Majesty will not want, will not openly admit her, what she thinks, and I don't know what she thinks about them, but I'm just giving my own opinion. They really failed her badly, and it's, and sometimes it's, it sort of saddens me when I then see them, you know, getting honored and all, I'm just like, yeah yeah right okay anyway that's enough for this segment we're gonna go on a really really short break and we'll be back with something else and we're back a few, few things, a few, few things actually, um, or rather, one quick thing, there, there has been this uh, call, why I say call, more like a re- request that I do, that I do a separate podcast for sports, and I mean, when the fans, when, I mean, I won't say fans, when listeners, <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think I have fans. Anyway, but when listeners ask you know you to do something, I think uh, it's it's definitely worth exploring. So I'm I'm not making any promises. Once again, I'm not going to make any promises, but I will consider. If I, you know what, let's just do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do a sports car, sports cast. 
uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do. It. I'm gonna do a sports car, a sports car. I'm gonna take some time to uh, put things together. Because when you're doing when you're doing sports, it's it's uh, tricky because you have to deal with a lot of statistics, a lot of stories, a lot of insights, stories, and what have you. There's a lot of analysis to do with sports. Uh, people have been sending suggestions on, you know, MMA, football, different things. It's interesting, you know. Um, what I might not talk about in sports cast, uh, there are two uh, sports, well, one sports entertainment company and one uh, sport combat sports company that I will, may not be talking about for a while because I'm sort of in a, a bit of a hiatus. Which brings me to, <laughs> well, that pretty much brings me to a, to a topic. This segment, uh, well, when it comes to uh, combat sports, I, I'd say mixed martial arts, to be more precise, MMA. Uh, I'm currently on a hiatus from US from the UFC. Uh, yes, the UFC do have some of my favorites. Uh, annoyingly, annoyingly, they do have some of my favorites uh, fighters in in the in. Uh, their roster, you know, people like uh, Cla- Claudia Gadelia, you know, go check her out. Uh, what's his name? Israel Desoya, Usman, well, Khalid, Kal- I, can't, I can't, cannot seem to pronounce his surname. Khalid, Khabib, no, okay, yeah, Khabib. <laughs> so, yeah, they also have Khabib, uh, though he recently after his last fight uh, said he was going he was not going to fight anymore don't know if he's going through he's going to go through that retirement but hey i can totally understand why he would want to retire losing your father you know someone who was with you you know through everything and you know it's it's it's, it's like a part of you is gone but yeah but yeah sadly they have those guys on their roster to my favorite guys on their roster and it's it's hard you know when, especially when i say okay i'm gonna go on the hiatus hiatus from them i keep my word i know i'm not i'm not gonna be one of those people that say oh gonna hiatus then i go start watching your stuff no complete hiatus the reason why is that i found out that apparently the ufc and dana white supported trump in fact they still support trump and anyone who supports someone like trump who was against the black lives matters protests i think that person needs to be checked and check themselves because seriously that is just ridiculous you know i i can understand why politicians will support trump because truly and truly you're a republican you're a republican it's though at the end of the day no, I can't actually understand why any anyone would support Trump because really and truly at any day, whether you're a public you're <laughs> excuse me. No, I do not have COVID. Anyway, but I do not understand why anyone would support Trump, even if you're a Republican and even I don't know, even if you're screwed up in the head, how can you possibly support Trump? That guy that guy was a classless dictator who did not who was against the Black Lives Matter protest. In fact, he pretty much he pretty much supported racism in America to his own uh, to his own benefit. He pretty much divided America to his own benefit. 
That's the truth. He was, he was wherever he saw the tide going, man, he would swing. He he would help it on, you know. And it, it's just it's it's sad to be honest with with you. Uh, people like Lil Wayne, I do not. Uh, Lil Wayne, he's dropping an album soon. I am not. Well, I did. I, I was never really a fan of his stuff. I just like his metaphors. But for the fact that he openly supported Trump, oh my God! How is he even? How does he even have fans? People like Kanye West, unbelievable, you know. And for that that reason, and. Man, I, 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 I'm, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna keep my hiatus from the USC going. It, it, it's sad though because, like I said, you know, some, some of my favorite fights are on there. I couldn't watch Claudia Cadelia's last fights because of that. Uh, though she, though she lost, man. I wish her the best on her neck in her next fights. Mm-hmm. I'm tempted to analyze her fights. I haven't seen it, so I can't even analyze it. But I'm tempted to actually watch it and then do analysis because when, when. Uh, before the fight happened, I remember I told someone that she might end up losing this fight if she can't, if she can't get her opponent to the ground. And I think that's pretty much what happened. I haven't seen the fight yet. So I haven't read anything about the fight. Like I said, I'm, I'm doing, keeping that high just going. Um, man, but uh, yeah. And but when it comes to sports entertainment, we're talking about it, the WWE, which is pre, which is owned by I think it's owned by the Titan Group. Now, when Titan Sports, yeah. Um, when it comes to them, I'm on a hiatus from them due to their fa- well, I say they found them, but like their owners, the way he, the owner, um, the event sends Kennedy McMahon, yeah. He, the way he treats his, well, I say, employee stroke, uh, independent contractors pretty much the way he treats the rest of us i think it's ridiculous you cannot keep having your hands in their pockets like literally you've banned you've put a band on ban rather sorry on their you know of having external incomes other than the the wwe and I, i'm thinking to myself what on earth like it's not like you pay them and you know you pay them a certain amount of money I won't say he pays them well but he pays them a civil amount of money <laughs> let me put it that way but you know these these people you're not giving them you know health insurance you're not giving them you know travel co- you're not covering their travel costs you're not you know you, you're just paying them X amount of money and saying you know what yeah so whatever you do that's that's up to you but show, show up and perform you know, when you're not doing that sort of stuff and you then want to, you know, stop them from earning income elsewhere, then you are now, you that means you're now treating them as full-time employees. So, hey, you know, where's the insurance? You know, where, you know, where, where, where are the travel costs? Where, you know, where are the, the other benefits full-time employees should, should be getting? Because really and truly, what do you call it? Uh, sports entertainment or, not, or something? Wrestling is a very dangerous sport. You know, uh, people have died while f- in the ring while fighting. Some people have died afterwards. Pe- people have had injuries they they never that you know have caused paralysis. You know, injuries they never got got out of. You know, and for you to then for you to then say, oh, you know. Yeah, this amount of money is enough. No, it's it's not enough because then should they die? God forbid. 
you know, the, the family, they've got family to, you know, that needs to be looked after. You know, there's just, you just don't do that. You know, you just don't do that. And at the end of the day, it's, there is no, there is no argument to it. There is no possible excuse or argument to it, really. And because of that, I'm just like, nope. I'm sorry, I, I, there's certain things I believe, I'm a very principled person when it comes to things like this, especially when it comes to things like this, this, and it's just wrong, and because of that, I'm, as much as, yes, I am a fan, but I am going to be on a hiatus for as long as I can, for even a year or two, I, trust me, if you test my willpower, I can be very, very stubborn. I know, and man, you know, and I su- and I actually suggest, and here's the thing, the truth about about it is that we as fans, I'm sure people are still thinking, huh, he's a fan of the WWE. Yes, I am. You know, <laughs> I am a fan. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to because of, going, going to say no. I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna deny it because maybe it makes me sound uncool or something. But yes, I actually grew up. You know, watching guys like Hulk Hogan. You know, The Undertaker, who I heard recently retired. Oh my, I'm st- ah, watching his retirements. That is tempting, but still in hiatus. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I grew up watching guys like Ultimate Warrior, all that. I, I can tell you, like, how that's how these people, you know, made my childhood even more interesting. But yeah, I know people are gonna be like, oh my god, that is sad. But yeah, whatever, get over it. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I think as fans, we do have a certain responsibility. We do actually have a certain responsibility to know when. To call, call out, you know, call people out on their f, their fuck ups. Let me put it that way. You know, when the WWE decides to do something like this, it's time to actually we as fans need to call them out on it and say, no, no, this is wrong. Uh, we need to do things like you know taking the hiatus, for example, and you know reducing our viewership of their con of their content. That will then force, you know, force the WWE into. Uh, backtracking and reversing their stuff and treating their, their employees even better. I mean, the, the power <clears throat> lies in the hands of the consumer and not necessarily the, necessarily the producer because really and truly we, we, we live in a world that is driven by analysis and figures and you know and sales and stuff so when if customers aren't buying your stuff if people aren't consuming your stuff you will tend to you as a producer will tend to or a manufacturer will tend to want to change because at the end of the day, look, everyone wants to make money. Uh, WWE especially, they want to make money. They've got shareholders, you know, to uh, to please and, and what have you. So yeah, I am going to continue to be on my hiatus and, and uh, I'm going to stick to it. I'm actually just going to stick to it. So yeah, um, I will work on the sports podcast and hopefully we can get something tangible to the audience as soon as possible. We're going to go on a quick, very quick break and I'm going to come back with rather I want. I'm going to end this episode with something that might be a bit sad.
So, um, we're back, and as a time of recording, as a time of this recording, uh, Diego Armando Maradona, one of the greatest footballers to ever to have ever lived, is dead. He died of uh, heart failure at the age of sixty. First of all, I actually just want to say um, my thoughts and prayers go towards his families. My condolences towards them. My condolences to you know the Argentine fans and Argentina, Argentina as a whole. He was he wasn't your model your model footballer, but he was a great footballer. He wasn't this sort of person. FIFA would say, oh, every football should be like this, but he was on the pitch, he was a beast, and man, man, <sighs> man, it's, it's, it's hard, it's, it's, it's kind of a death that's kind of hard to take, because I grew up in a period where I think he, he was pretty much, um, he had more years to go, but, you know, Things kind of went sideways. I grew up in the period where he was dazzling with a lot of magic. I remember the first game I ever saw him play was the first ever World Cup um, game I ever watched. That was Italian IC final, Argentina v v Germany, and I was like, wow. Even though he was pretty much marks throughout the entire game. Uh, but from then on, I, I just wanted to see more, more of Maradona. His the way he played football was like a drug. Like goddamn, you just wanted to see more and more, more and more of him on the ball. I remember '94. He played. He played. Um, Argentina played against my country, and it was a hard fought game. Argentina, Argentina won two one. Uh, it was a t- man. It was. A lot of people were upset about the results, but I'll be honest with you. I, okay, I admit I was upset about the results, but it didn't stop me from appreciating how well he he played in that game. It was crazy. I think what enraged a lot of people in my country was the fact that apparently later on in, in the tournaments, rather during the group stages, they found out that he had he had taken drugs, so that just made made him. <laughs> made people even hate him more in my country, but that didn't make me hate him because I appreciated him for what he did on the pitch. You know, yes, he had the the alcohol dependency and drug issues and what have you, and he was a fiery character. To me, he was just a very very passionate person about football. You know, he was someone who grew up with the ball on his you know, at his feet. And I really hope people would re- would really would see him more for the footballer than him than him for the person he he ended up being, or rather for his flaws. You know, I'm sorry. I'm just really trying to put myself together. When it's it's hard talking about someone who I won't say I regarded him as a hero, but he was just someone I really enjoyed watching. I really enjoyed. Hearing his views, anything discussed, he was a very brutally honest person. 
you know, he would always tell you, speak his mind. He was not a yes man and all. He would always speak his mind about things. He was quite the character, and anyone anyone who played with him or against him would tell you that. You you would hate him on the pitch and just love him afterwards, you know. And that's why even people like you know, um, I was going to say Alan Shearer, no, not Alan Shearer. You know, but you know, what's the name of this Leicester guy? He he's now um, he, he's a sport, sports analyst. Gary Lineker, people like Gary Lineker will tell you that man, he was just, he was a very lovable character, you could not, you could not, you could not hate him after a game, like, you know, I remember watching documentaries about him and all, and man, it's, it was crazy, it's sad, you know, the world of football, they really, has really lost a great person, I know, there's always been that, century almost century long debates about who was greater between Maradona and Pele Pele he was a great winner um Maradona was a great player you know I'm not dispute, I'm not saying Maradona was not uh, sorry uh, Pele was not a great player he was you know he did he, he did some really awesome stuff on the ball um but Maradona Maradona was sort of a very relatable person, especially for the fact that he was a flawed genius. It, it was he was he was far more relatable to the fans than Pele was. Pele looked like this perfect molded person that FIFA would want every footballer to be, but Maradona was the reality of what footballers, especially from South America, from third world countries, were, and that was these gifted flawed player players who did amazing things on the pitch but also outside the pitch had their issues that they had to deal with and that and that was why maradona was more loved than pele was that's why garincha was more loved than pele was like i said i'm not trying to slight pele or anything trust me i have a lot of respect for him you know if you think it's that easy man put put a pair put a shirt on a shirt on, put some shorts on, pair, lace up a pair of boots, get in the pitch, kick a ball, and see if anyone bothers watching you. But um, no, seriously, there's some people that even the flies won't even bother watching. Like, psh, man, they rather, they'd rather just you know attach themselves to wet paint than watch some people play football. But man, it's it's um it's a great loss. Things to learn from the life of Maradona. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I should talk about this on the sportscast. But no, let me let me let me just put lay them out on here. I think one of the, one of the um, one of the first things one needs to learn is don't, don't do drugs, don't do alcohol. Even if you're going to take alcohol within moderation, drink within within moderation. It really really ruined um, Maradona's life. Uh, I know he went. He had some. Phys- he had a lot of physical pain, pain playing football and stuff. And then you know, sports science didn't have all these things to help people with uh, recovery and pain. Uh, so like, when I when I spoke to one or two footballers from his time, and they were like, "Man, man, it was it was." I remember I spoke to. Um, okay, maybe I shouldn't give names, <laughs> but I have spoken to a couple of footballers during his time, and they they spoke and they told me about you know a lot of body aches they used to face and 
what have you and it wasn't and sometimes alcohol was the best way to get to um, get over it and all and i can understand you know being an athlete, being a former athlete myself i can understand that man especially the fact that i play i remember i played rugby and even did mma for, for a couple of years and man the body aches man the body aches are crazy like you would need you would need alcohol to like get to numb the pain you know next day is something else but i think he, he ended up you know being dependent on that and drugs and you know for other reasons he also got dependence on that i mean i can imagine coming from from a third world country like argentina you, you most likely end up having so much weight on your weight on your shoulders and so much expectations you know the truth is an athlete a superstar athlete from from a third world country you are going to be the golden ticket of your family if not your community and a lot is going to be expected from you financially morally and so a lot is going to be expected from you and that, i can imagine that was not that wasn't easy for him and that just made him slip into that uh in the end another thing i i and this is where i sort of just want to wrap it up before i even go there i just want to let people know that look even as a human being as an athlete you need to take care of your body you need to take care of your, your system um, alcohol drugs you know try try and stay away from them from as far as much as possible i'm also speaking from your know, personal experience here and do allow me to to go there you know i myself i have had some issues with um maybe i shouldn't be talking about this but i have actually but i will you know share this i've actually had some issues with painkillers no i'm not <laughs> addicted to them i've win myself i've managed to win myself off them and all but they have they've left their mark and all and you know this is me telling people look do your very best to just stay off them uh it's 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 the it's trust me as much as they will give you that short-term relief long-term they're not that great they're not really that good best your best um case is going for antacid the the non-acidic morphines the non-acidic painkillers use them but in moderation please in moderation try and avoid painkillers altogether you know in total drugs don't do them please don't you know but and then here's why i want to conclude this another thing one thing another thing rather that you one should learn from the life of maradona also be careful about be careful about people that you have around you be careful about your friends be careful about even the family you have around you some of them can be bad influences influences some of them can be blood-sucking parasites because the truth about it is that Maradona is dead now. Some of his friends did not attend his funeral, and even those who did, I know, I know, spicing his his friends. I reckon he had some really good friends, but even those who did, they're going to move on with their lives. You know, some are going to still mourn him. Some are going to still going to miss him for the right reasons. But the truth is, Maradona had some people who were friends with him, in quotes and unquote, for the wrong reasons, and. I think I don't think any of them could could really or would have actually who no I don't think any of them actually came, might have come you know walked up to him and be like look you need to get off the alcohol you need to get off the drugs you know this isn't good for you 
you need friends who can call you out and things like that who can keep you straight who can keep you straight i i, I thank god and this is me getting personal again but if such people in my life if they're listening to this man i am so grateful for you guys man i don't want to mention names names but man you will never understand how grateful i am to have you know friends who can actually who actually support me morally who who can keep me who actually keep me straight and be like oh no joe this is wrong (laughs) why are you doing that like why do you even want to do that you know we, we all need really good friends that would stick stick with us through thick and thin anyway on that rather somber note i want to end this episode of the blood experience my apologies that i'm ending the episode on such a low but let's but i just want to um yeah <laughs> it's most people this is going to be a low ending but um to me i think it's a high i think it's his life is maradona's life is worth celebrating especially the magic he did on the pitch you know he he's inspired he inspired generations of argentinians <laughs> you know people like Lionel messi i can me- mention so many you know people that he inspired so many fo- argentine footballers that he inspired today i know and i think we need to learn in fact, I think one major thing, major, major thing we need to learn is to be able to inspire others. You know, not necessarily, well, you don't need to say much on something, just through what you do, what you, how good you are. And, I know it gives people hope. It will give people hope, you know, and open doors for so many people. You know, till today, people continue to look for the next Maradona the same way. And they, you know, they ended up finding Messi and now people are looking for the next Messi, <laughs> you know. So, just inspire, keep inspiring people, inspiring others, and let your actions open doors for other people. On that note, I am going to end this episode. And once again, thank you so much for for listening. To have a lovely morning, a lovely afternoon, and a lovely evening. Thank you.